Did, did you order a Mr. Smiles at Kablip? Uh, May 29th, 2023. Well, yeah, it's like, <laughs> 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 a choker, a choker for you. Okay. Let me, let me, I want to take a guess on what a Mr. Smiles is. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, please do. All right. And they only have one dessert. This is the only dessert. Uh, although it says under it, order early, freshly made perfection takes time, John. Okay, well, it, okay, so wait, order early, freshly made. Uh huh. So it's one of two things. It's either a, uh, uh, like a microwave lava cake and or it's like a cookie. You were right the second time. It's a giant cookie in a skillet that has vanilla ice cream melted over the top. Your standard sort of like burger shop dessert. Yeah, I feel like, like. The, like the thing that doesn't take really any effort to make. Yes, yeah. And I guess he also, the, so that's the only one that's listed as a real dessert, but he also uh, sells Kablip's Gourmet Italian Ices, and these are oh, manufactured man. in Chris's Mind Foods plant in Las Vegas. Oh, uh, this is too much. <laughs> a delicious <laughs> natural alternative it, to ice cream. It, Bet you can't just have one lick of this guilt-free indulgence and maybe... Ask your server for the big pickle. <laughs> you know, I certainly hope that's in the fucking. <laughs> that's not in the copy. Uh, in his Italian ice. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget to ask your server about the big pickle. <laughs> Credit card fraud. What? <laughs> Let's go. go. You know we gotta keep it hype all day and night like this. Showing love when we can. Shout out to the super fans. Uh huh. You don't really wanna miss pop soccer. Stay lit. So if you ready, we ride and take it back to the '90s. From movies to the video games, just a couple of nerds keep it so entertaining. Hey, pop soccer. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Pop Saga, the pop culture podcast where two friends discuss with great passion and intensity their love for all things pop culture, except for the parts of pop culture they don't care for, which, to be honest, is a whole heck of a lot of it. Mm. Today, we're putting on our powdered wigs and getting all judgmental as we tier rank all of Batman's cinematic antagonists. I'm Forrest, and I'm joined as always by John. And John, I have one question for you. Why haven't they made a Batman movie where Two-Face is the primary villain? What is it about old Harvey Dent that just can't carry a movie? See, not all of my intro questions are jokes, so <laughs> you never know. Well, well, I mean, I was ready to try to deliver a punchline, but now i got to deliver a thoughtful uh, analysis of your question. Um... I think because it's a dude in two suits, like squished yeah. as one, not very frightening. And um, well, some of those faces have been pretty scary. Well, the face might be scary, but it's it's just a like a middle aged dude in a suit, right? Like not not crazy like the Joker crazy, and not bent on being like an ecological force of nature like Poison Ivy or Mister Freeze. Or, you know, 
anyone else. He's just literally a, <laughs> a dude in a suit. He's yeah. just not, not that, like, what machinations would he really be up to? Like, <clears throat> robbing banks? Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I think his... Well, listen, I, uh, these days, I think we have to be a little bit more thoughtful about how we portray people with uh, um, disassociative personality disorder because the whole how we understood multiple personality disorder in the past is turned out not to be very accurate. But that being said, I feel like his I think his shtick is good and fun, especially for a Batman villain. He is grounded in the way that he doesn't have any powers, really. Um, but I think his relationship with Bruce Wayne really makes him his previous relationship, I, I should say, as Harvey Dent with Bruce Wayne, is makes him a very interesting villain, and I think could carry a movie. Yeah, don't get me wrong; I I, I find him as an interesting uh, addition to Batman's Rogues Gallery for sure. I just don't know if he could actually carry a movie by himself because because his stick is yeah, just sorry. His stick is just twos. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's not really like him trying to wreck the city or anything else. So like the, the, the threat is minimal with, with the two face. Yeah, he could, but I mean, his knowledge of the, of being such a high up, uh, you know, governmental official, he could cause a lot of damage. I think that the, the possibility for an interesting story is out there. Maybe they just haven't taken advantage of it yet. Um, but, uh, I think you could base an entire movie on that two-parter that they did on Batman, the animated series. I think it'd be a, a good flick. I don't know. I think it'd be pretty boring. It's good for a cartoon. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> like, you know, like, I mean, but to also be fair, every time we've gotten him in the movies, hasn't necessarily like had him be the leading, uh, villain anyway or like the the one everyone's focusing on you know first time it was with the riddler and you're not out you know camping jim you know uh, jim carrey so that ain't happening on that end and then the other one was i don't know dark knight it probably that one felt a little like tacked on not that i well, mind it but that one always <clears throat> felt a little tacked on yeah it was definitely part of uh it was part of joker's plan more than a character in his own right but i feel like nobody who has done his cinematic personality so far has really done the two face like switching back and forth between the two faces in a way that is satisfying or good yeah i, I, I agree with that like tommy lee jones is just like he is just crazy from stem to stern uh, not crazy. He is just like unhinged from st uh, stem to stem to stern and just acting like a, just kind of like a knockoff Jack Nicholson's Joker the whole time. Uh, uh, but he doesn't oscillate really. There's like he tries in some scenes, but it's like very uh, subtle. And I think that's the same with Aaron Eckhart in The Dark Knight. It doesn't really feel like he is. He's just like he is unhinged and like homicidally depressed that entire time there's no he doesn't switch back and he's like oh yeah good idea bruce or batman or whatever your name is and then just switching into the now yeah it's pretty just it, it i don't know 
with both those portrayals, it really was okay. What's his gimmick? His gimmick is uh, flipping a coin, and maybe the the duality of things. Yeah, well, let's just put that in the scenery and let's you know, Tommy Lee, just feel free to chew it up and. Aaron, just feel free to act like yourself. Thank you for not smoking. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) It does, yeah. Thank you. The guy from Thank You for Not Smoking, if half of his face was burnt the entire way off. Um, Yeah, yeah, and Tommy Lee Jones, I feel like Joel Schumacher saw the dailies and was like, all right, the set design has to make up for this. (laughs) Let's, Let's just put some painter's tape down the middle of this set and paint one side white and leave the other side rusty and and brown. Yeah, then let's find him a cheetah print outfit and then <laughs> yeah. yeah, it just was just it, it was more they're more zany. Like I I would be open for it and I I think like in a in a Matt Reeves style the Batman you could probably get a pretty interesting two-face. Oh, at least, absolutely. At least one that has a couple more levels than what we've been presented so far, but um yeah, no, I never it's it's usually there are a lot more like intimate stories for the most part when it deals with like Two Face and Batman and like I said, so it's him robbing a bank and I don't know. I ain't too worried about that in the grand <laughs> scheme of things compared to I don't know, the Joker being like, I'm gonna make both these fairies blow each other up one way or the other, you know, some or uh, Jack Nicholson poisoning like a whole street. With his, you know, with his laughing gas. Yeah, you could see Two Face doing something where he like uh, kills he Thanos is like half of Gotham somehow. Oh well, okay, we're talking Two Face with like some sort of uh, infinite gaunt uh, or hand wrap. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got that forever glove. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Good, he's got it's it's all nice. It's got that like you know motorcycle back bling on the. It's got like the little studs on it for no reason, and yeah, Two Face, yeah, forever glove. <laughs> I'm gonna be forever glove. <laughs> Do you really want to eliminate half of Gotham? The answer is yes. I'm Two Face. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Uh, you know, no, I'm two face. So am I. <laughs> now we're three face. What? <laughs> Why? I painted a face on my stomach. It came to life quick as you please. Uh, I just saw the Little Mermaid live action movie yesterday, so I'm in the musical mood, John. Got it. Got it. Got it thinking about how every movie can be musicals because I was just so delighted at seeing a feature-length musical where there was just songs aplenty one after the other. That's good. You enjoy your time? I did. I liked it a whole lot. I, I'm a big fan of... I liked Little Mermaid when I was a kid. Uh, always a big fan of the movie um, growing up. And so I was very excited to see this version. I thought they did a great job. You know, very much like hit all those nostalgia notes, um, but uh, you know there was there was new songs and they brought some it's uh, a little bit of plot tweaks here and there to make it a little more modernized. And uh, uh, Holly Bailey, uh, Holly Bailey, 
Yes. I think that's her name, uh, who plays uh, Ariel, just like killed it. Just an incredible singer and just like whose regular voice it just sounds like a cartoon. Uh, incredible. An incredible performance by her. Can't wait to see more stuff from her. But uh, yeah, just a great. Everyone did a great job. I was very surprised. I didn't have huge expectations for the film and was pleasantly surprised all around. Uh, big recommend if you're uh, if you're a fan of the original uh, or musicals in general. Just fun to go out there and see a campy musical, John. And so, uh, yeah, that's why I'm I'm feeling a little bit of a, I'm feeling the bug, <laughs> the song bug myself. All right, well, you've been amused. So <laughs> what a great use of that thing, my God! Uh, but you know that actually. Wait, that's the wrong music. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, yes, John, that reminds me. We are talking about uh, being amused and feelings amused. So let's talk about a, a bit of liquid inspiration. <laughs> uh, you enjoying imbibing something, enjoying something on this sunny afternoon. I am. I just dusted off a finished long drink. Nothing fancy, because that's what was in the fridge that was cold. All right. A finished long drink. So good. Those fins. Is that okay to call them fins? Those I don't know, peoples. but I'll let you say it. Okay, you, probably enough. you will be less inclined to get in trouble than if I said it. So, ha <laughs> uh, Well, here we are. Um, I'm drinking something similar. Uh, I've got a vodka tonic right here in front of me that I've been stealthily sipping on. Ooh, cat's out of the bag. Uh, but it's because it's a double, and I didn't want it to get too watered down. But uh, we've got uh, Fever Tree Premium Indian Tonic Water and Sweet Lake Vodka from Ohio. It's okay. It's It was cheap at the... Uh, the old Amazon don't have to talk it to anybody when you check out store that I went to. And they just make questionable vodka now? It's not Amazon basic vodka? Amazon, oh, I don't know if I would ever drink Amazon basic vodka. Uh, no, no, no. This is, uh, this is Sweet Lake Vodka, I think. <laughs> Now I'm really doubting myself if it's actually... No, it's called Sweet Lake Vodka. And uh, with musical guest Sweet Lake Vodka. <laughs> I was going to sit there and say, you do sound like the dude from Saturday Night Live. Yep, R.I.P. Uh, Don Pardo. Don Pardo himself. Uh, Why do I yeah. know that? Why is that in my brain? But I couldn't Living think... rent-free. <laughs> your, old, your old noggin. Um, yeah. Holy crap. Crap. That's because right, right. Don Pardo loves Sweet Lake Vodka. <laughs> I don't think the, the Pardo family would appreciate <laughs> saying he likes a vodka. 1.5 like... liters for $18. Yeah, and musical guest Fishbone. <laughs> <laughs> Just say it'll get you drunk. <laughs> it'll get you drunk. No, 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 but as Don Pardo. It'll you... get you drunk. Nice. Now you just sound like you're haunting things. With musical guests, 
Alec Baldwin. Hmm? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's singing I Shot the Shit. Okay, never mind. Uh, <laughs> ooh, ooh, that's spicy. No wonder you've been sipping that thing. Still <laughs> <Too soon. laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, I don't feel bad. Making fun of Alec Baldwin. I don't feel bad. Um, yeah, there you go. Fair enough. Anyway. All right. Not a real anyway. bold stance, but... Yep. <laughs> yeah, I really took a chance there. I really took a chance there and really... Oh, uh, yeah, no. You know, David and Goliath there. I'm swinging at Titans. Uh, anyway. Get it. Uh, there you go. Sweet like vodka. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, so, yeah, that's what we are enjoying this evening. A perfect mood setter for us to get all judgy. We're going to judge batman villains and we're gonna see where they where they rank on the old tier list yep yep this this partly comes about because you know i was uh ranting about bad take joker rankings oh yeah just rankings in general (laughs) so what better way to do it than to do it ourselves that's right we have to show people what's up because that list that we talked about uh, i think it was two episodes now Mm-hmm. A go was a travesty, and it still makes me mad to think about this day to this day. So, what better thing to do than to really set the record straight with the definitive boys of pop culture? Oh, you've got right here the Pop Saga Pals. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> All right, so let's jump right in. If you're not familiar with a tier list, it is. It goes from uh, it, there are different tiers. Uh, the highest and most premium tier being S, and the lowest and most uh, d- d- the most derided or trash tier being D. Uh, and in between there, there's A, B, C, and D. So it goes S, A, B, C, D, and uh, and uh, it's just you know it's a it's a it's a scale. Yep. Some will be in S tier, some will be in D tier, and there will be ones in between. But uh, the way we normally do our our tier list here is, in this instance, these are just the movie villains that have appeared in a main uh, Batman movie, with the exception of some, or have appeared in a movies. I didn't include Harley Quinn in this, you know, I guess I could have, since I included uh, uh one of them jokers <laughs> or joker or jared leto <laughs> joker but uh you know they're not included in there but it's just mainly the villains no cartoon characters are featured in this yeah yeah uh harley quinn has yet to appear directly uh opposite of uh batman in a movie we put jared leto's joker in here because i don't know, he uh, takes he shows up in suicide squad and uh uh the Snyder cut of uh of Justice, Justice League. League. So I felt like that uh that qualified him. But certainly uh you know Harley Quinn's great. No yep. uh no love lost between uh, uh us and uh, especially Margot Robbie's amazing portrayal thereof. Uh, but you'll see there'll be multiple different versions of these villains from multiple different movies. We are excluding 
Mask of the Phantasm and the animated uh, folks this time as well. Because, um, you know, <laughs> so many of them would be S tier, would be boring. So, uh, but we do all go all the way back to the 60s versions of the villain because they were all in a Batman movie. That counts. That's right, it does. That's, you're damn right. You're damn right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you know, if you like it, uh, why don't you join us on the Discord and tell us about it. If you don't like it, even better. Uh, make your own. Share it. We'd love to hear about it, but uh, let's stop stalling and get, just get right into it. What do you say, John? Yeah, let's do it. What are we waiting for? Let's do it. Let's go. All right. Let's so, go. <laughs> so, speaking of the 60s, Batman... Up first is the iconic version of Catwoman from that series, played by none other than Eartha Kitt. Nope, nope, <laughs> nope. Way off, way off. You're gonna, you're gonna want me to edit that one right out. Eartha Kitt, Catwoman. Let's go. Nope, nope, nope. This is the Catwoman that was in the Batman '66 movie was Lee Merriweather. Lee no. Merriweather. <laughs> It's yes. been a while since I saw that movie. Er- so Eartha, Eartha Kitt Eartha is King not going to be on here? No, because these are the movie. The villains oh. that appeared in the movies. and Well, that's going to change it big time for me. Yeah, I'm just saying. It's just I, I tried to be as stringent as possible, so this is not Eartha Kitt. This is I, appreciate yeah. I appreciate your thoroughness. I appreciate your thoroughness very much. Yeah, uh, Julie Newmore, Lee Merriweather, Eartha Kitt. Eartha Kitt yeah. comes a little bit later. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. As you can see where my heart lies, you can obviously see sure. uh, from that little flub. Uh, but uh, so why don't you tell me, what, where, where, where does this version of Catwoman rank for you? Mm. Yeah, Lee Merriweather was fine as Catwoman. Not my favorite. Um, I'm, I'm going to say C. Yeah, I mean, it's like borderline B tier for me, but C is totally fine for me, uh, even out of the 66 cat. If we were just to rank, though, if we were just to have a ranking of Catwoman, it'd be a different story. Um, I should probably say a little lower, but yeah, I'll go C. Yeah. For Lee, Mer- for Lee Merriweather's Catwoman. Not saying she didn't do a good job. I just prefer either Eartha Kid or Julie Newmar. From yeah, she did a fine job, but hard to go up against Eartha Kid or Julie Newmar for real. <laughs> So. They really, they really added a lot to that character, and uh, I, I didn't even remember this person <laughs> playing Catwoman. So, I think C might be a little generous. No, I think C is fine. Yeah, okay, I think C fair. is fine with it. It's not like she's the, not the worst Catwoman. She's a cat. She's certainly, she's you know a, what? A, a, she's a Catwoman. She's a Catwoman. You can't take that away. From her. Yep, and C for cat. There you go. <laughs> I think, you know what, uh, not to get too far ahead, but I think there's another Catwoman that might rank lower out here, so maybe she's she's feeling good about her yeah, position right here. I, I would feel really good about it, even though I put that one on here as kind of a... <laughs> yeah, that one shouldn't count based on your own rules, but I do like it that it's on here. Anyway, yeah. don't want to give too much away. Let's go on to the next one. Now, is this is this uh, Ra's al Ghul, or is this Duquesne? No, this is Raz al Ghul. Okay. It's just trying to find a clear picture of him at, in, in Batman Begins, which is him just dark 
<laughs> everywhere else was kind of difficult, so I went with him training it, but this is Raz al Ghul. All right. Liam Neeson from Batman Begins, as you mentioned, Raz al Ghul. Uh, Batman Begins doesn't get as much love as because it's very much arch overshadowed by the Dark Knight. Uh, but still a fun movie. Where does Liam Neeson's rank here on this list? I have a little bit of an inkling, but I'm interested to hear what you uh, think. Uh, my take would be I'd give him A. I thought he's a fine villain. He's definitely not S tier. Um, I could even be talked a little bit lower. Um, I was kind of thinking B. Uh, he, yeah. Here's the thing. I don't know what... We don't have a set version of... We don't have a set metrics in which we're kind of judging these things on. Uh, so I w- I'll just say positives in the pro column. He uh, tricked Batman for a really long time. Served yeah. as sort of a, a surrogate father figure in a way. Uh, to a, a struggling Bruce Wayne, um, and whose plan was pretty good. That being said, he kind of goes out like a chump. <laughs> I mean, not only out like a chump, but he's not in. He's not the main. He is the main villain, but he isn't the main villain. He's you more know? of a kind of. He's a big picture guy. He's up there pulling the strings, but yeah. he's not getting his hands dirty. He's doing what I want to do at work. I just want to be the yeah. big picture person. I want, I want other people to go out and, you know, take take you know, hear the ideas that come from my brain and then act upon them. Yes, but, I mean, there's a whole period where he just not in that thing at all. But no. <laughs> Nolan actually does a really good job just making you forget all that shit happens. True. It, until all of a sudden you see that dude's bald head, and you're like, oh no. Ken Watanabe's back, and he's like, wait a minute. You tricked us, Nolan. You tricked us. God damn it. Anyway, um, yeah, B. I'm fine with B. <laughs> okay. I don't I don't need I don't talk. I don't think he's he's definitely not the worst out of these villains. Um, but we only really have the one movie one to go up against. So True. Yeah, you know, a little harder. And if we were to pick the animated series, then that dude's getting S tier right there. Oh, I mean, yeah, there's no contest there. Yeah. Uh, I feel pretty good about uh, old Ross down at B. Yeah. B as in uh, Batman Begins. There you go. B as in Begins. Batman Begins. You did it. Nicely done. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we'll run out of them for this one. <laughs> Next up, we have uh, the uh, the wonderful Uma Thurman playing Pamela Isley, a.k.a. Boysen Ivy, in uh, that movie that we all want to forget about, Batman and Robin. Batman v. Robin's Trial of the Century. Yeah, credit card on display. Yeah, <laughs> the back credit card. The introduction of the back, uh, back a credit card. Let's kick some ice. All those, uh, those, uh, those iconic lines from the, the George Clooney literally could have been phoning it in version of Batman. Uh, so where does this very campy version of Poison Ivy go? Uh, lots of fun props, I would say. Sure. Love her hair. Yeah. Uh, was just eaten by one of her plants. Which is another one that just seems weird. A real, uh, yeah, a really strange, judging what I know about Poison Ivy from the comic books, it seems like a very odd way for her to go out. 
Yeah, it seems like that's the polar opposite of the way she would go out. Like, I don't yes. Really, I don't really see Plant betraying her as uh, on her uh, punch card. Yeah, and they kind of were like, well, he, she is, she'll fight, we'll have her, she'll fight Robin, you know, uh, and uh, Batgirl? Yeah, and I think that's probably the only reason why they put Batgirl in the in the movie outside well of the yes whole, <laughs> you, you know, could see the, you could see that there was that scene where you could see the shoehorn that that uh, joel schumacher was using to get that character into the plot <laughs> they, they left it in the frame there you go <laughs> and don't worry she knows kung fu and stuff by uh, sneaking out of the house uh, right there you go <laughs> uh, boy. so Every time you remind me more about that movie, the, the less I want to ever watch it again. Uh, uh, I ain't that the truth. I saw that shit in the theaters. I still want my seven fifty back. Yeah, I still want my money back. My the theater I went to did a really like the people who ran the theater were having a great time with this promotion, and they did a thing where every one of them came out in like. You know that quality of costume that's in between Halloween Superstore and like professional it's like you still have to rent it but it costs like two hundred dollars or something to rent or that's what your security deposit is you have to put it down on this thing they were all dressed up like that they did a quiz beforehand they handed out prizes it was like a real inter i went to taco bell beforehand and got like the branded meals that's right (laughs) played the little game that they had like i was so here for this movie so hyped uh very disappointing uh i like i love Uma Thurman, I love Poison Ivy. I hate this portrayal of the character. I'm going to say D for me. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get any argument out of it. Okay. Yeah, so they're, they're like all... Spoiler alert. I could probably put all of the villains featured in that movie on the D line, and I wouldn't blink. Um, yeah, yeah. No, uh, no spoilers. There are a couple of them coming up, but yeah. Agreed, agreed. Um... But next up, I think might be our. Well, I don't know. We'll see where we where we place uh, him. But it might be a very. It might be a controversial pick based on that list that list that we heard earlier. But uh, we have Jack Nicholson's version of the Joker from Batman nineteen eighty nine, the Tim Burton movie uh, that really kicked off the modern age of superhero films. Um, so we got Jack Nicholson as Jack Napier. A.K.A. The Joker. A.K.A. Wait till they get a load of me. A.K.A. My number one. A guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, the, the amazing Jack Palance. They should have put uh, him on this list. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? I'm a number one. Number one. A guy. guy. <laughs> Anyone out there into hearing people breathing? (laughs) Because you got it. Oop. Oop. (laughs) Remember he's he's nuts. You want to get nuts? Let's Let's get get nuts. nuts. Let's Uh, get Zach nuts. Um, Let's get... I'm going to... So here, I'm going to go ahead and take a stab. I'm going to say... He goes in A tier. I think... It's Jack Nicholson. He gives a great performance. 
it's not Joker as I understand Joker, but he has some great moments. And the makeup is good. Oh, man. I don't know. Oh, I, I like this. Know. Let's debate it. Tell me about it. You don't... Are you thinking S tier? Is he no, too low? No, Lord, no, no. Okay. I think he... I okay, think he, okay. I We're think, on the same I page. Th- I think he can limbo for sure. <laughs> I, think, I think he can limbo below that B bar, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, you he think can, he's a C version of the Joker? Uh, I mean, the more... Like, the more I think about it, the more I can blame him for all the other performances we got throughout mm. most of those movies. I feel like he set that tempo for not yeah, just for the Batman movies either. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we got a live one here. <laughs> <laughs> this town needs an enema. I mean, that line's probably the best Joker line that's ever been written. Uh, yeah. Outside of, why so serious? Yeah. I mean, yeah. oh my God. Uh,. I mean, I'm thinking B. I mean, okay. he's he's a he he is a okay Joker, but he's not how I picture the Joker myself. <laughs> B. Uh, see, that's the part where he, the, the movie finally made sense after he fell and died and had a laughing box that was set to go off the minute he died. <laughs> I would. Sure. The the one thing I'll say is his his outfit game is on point. Yeah, the costume design was very good. Yeah. Um, uh, and a gr- Ugh, here's the thing, John. I think he should go up an A. I know, I know. Give me, I'm not give me a huge why he's fan. going an A, but I'm not a yeah. I think there are enough tentpole sort of scenes. I think the scene in the art gallery alone d- means he deserves to be up there with the makeup coming off and him just like. Like plussing up uh, beautiful works of art with his own jokerisms, uh, with Prince in the background. Where does he get all those wonderful toys? I mean, like, there's so many iconic lines. I agree from my personal standpoint, it's not what I want out of the Joker. But I think that, like, and I'm just thinking of the scene when he falls to his death. And, like, the mixture of, like, just, like, the exhilaration and fear he has, plus he can't stop laughing. I think that's, like, I think that scene alone deserves to be in the A. I don't think, I think he's better than Duquesne, so I think he just, he has to go in, in, or sorry, better than Ross from Batman Begins, so I think he has to go in A. I don't know, because there's the whole, ugh. There are, there are down points too i i'm not gonna disagree but like hey eckhart think about the future like there's so many good jack nicholson lines i think it's just like if you look at the performance in the isolation i think it has to go uh, up on a all right i'll put him in a as an asterisk saying that at some point if another joker on this list does not make it to a higher than a I will then debate this back down to a B to move that Joker into said space. Okay, that's fair enough. You know what? When we get to the Joker from the the Joaquin Phoenix Joker, you can we can debate it because I haven't actually seen that movie, so I'm gonna have to depend a lot on what you have to say. And maybe, you know, once we move on, we can go back. I'm gonna say we can go back and we can rearrange if we feel like there's something that is truly uh, egregious here. So, 
I'm gonna let's 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 do that. Like you said, that has an asterisk on it. Let's put it tentative A. Yeah, I'll put it tentative. in for now. He's on pro, pro, he's on probation status up here, uh, in the A tier. Like I okay. just picture him just leaving the room by farting. You know what I mean? Like he's like, oh, and yep. I'm just like. <laughs> Is that a material right there? <laughs> it doesn't always work. Nope. <laughs> but like when he has that like that number one lieutenant and then he just shoots him for no reason. Yeah, I mean there are there there are moments. I mean there are moments where it's just like, well, it's it's certainly campy. Um like I would hear that that's the one I remember the him doing the whole grocery thing is I mean, it's it's very jokery, so yeah, a with asterisks for now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm cool with that. Uh, on to Arnold Schwarzenegger as uh, Mister Freeze, Victor uh, Fries. He's he's Victor Freeze. Yeah, chill out. I <laughs> need diamonds to power. I need ice or diamonds. Uh, we call them eyes on the streets as the other kids do. And, so stupid. And here's the thing is these diamonds, uh, they make me cold for some reason. So they power they my power suit. power his suit. How does that make any sense? And the ice powers his fucking suit. No, no, no. Uh, I'm, I'm here. But also the other thing is I don't want to obscure my face. So we actually cut a hole out of it. So it's you can still see me wearing a helmet. Yeah. So so cool. No pun there, but a pun in just the same. Um Okay, well if I had to think about Batman and Robin and I we just ragged on it, I yeah. could easily see if I had now had to think about all the villains featured in that movie. Sure. He's the top of that list. He's the, the pyramid top. for sure. So if I was to do that, I would put him in C. Yeah, I think it is campy. Arnold Schwarzenegger gives like a, a thousand percent. It's the worst version. It's the only version of Mr. Freeze we've got on this, uh, the cinematic version. Nope. Unless, uh, you know, he's in the next Matt Reeves Batman, which is possible. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, for the context of the movie, he has a i mean they have they at least retain most of the 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 core things about mr freeze that make him interesting right he's got nora he's got the freezing suit uh Mm -hmm. that's it yeah (laughs) he's got ice skates on on his yes sure he's got Um, a freeze gun yep he he turns off he's his whole point is to turn gotham to ice uh so there's some fun stuff there I don't know. He has he a does bit of a redemption a arc. <laughs> kind of, yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, I mean, just if I had to just think about all, I could see him in C, but you could easily talk me into D as well in, in this instance. He's, he is, like, if we put both of the other villains in D, like, where I'm thinking, well, we probably will, he kind of has to be in C. I, I think that they just push him out because he's not... He's better than those two other villains, so yeah. You just I, ha- I mean, yeah, you have to. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm, I agree. Uh, but uh, speaking of a character we'll talk about later, but not that exact version, we have Bane started a pop cultural revolution. Yeah. Uh, by being unintelligible. <laughs> 
Remember, they had to ADR my voice and fix it. <laughs> right. Because no one could understand too me. unintelligible. Yeah. They had to improve his voice because no one could understand <laughs> Yeah, well, now we know that's why uh, Nolan does those, like, let me show you the first six minutes of a film so he can get that precious feedback. Ooh, people are not liking it. They're like, oh, people told me they could not understand him um, at all. He's like, yes, you should And you're like, what did you just say? <laughs> there were a lot of choices made um, with the voice. That and the the ethnicity and the origin this version of bane drifts as far as you could possibly get from his comic book origins truly yeah even compared to the even the other bane which probably is in the other direction (laughs) (laughs) in terms of ghosts um that being said i think he was a fine bane he he believably broke the bat i think Up until the kind of uh, the twist is revealed in uh, The Dark Knight Rises, I think Bane was a very terrifying, sort of unstoppable villain for Batman. And I thought they cast him well. And I think that while I don't like the changes that they made to the character, I think the character as it stands in the comic is plenty interesting and you could have kept that. Uh, I think that the he still was successful. So I would say, as Bane, he fails on pretty much every level for me, except being like strong and having a mask of a sort. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I want do like that the ma- villain. Yeah, I mean, I want that mask just because of the the journal pain I wake up with uh, after. <laughs> sure. We're bad. And so if I can get me just a leave mask that just keeps pumping a leave, spraying a leave down my nose, I'd be for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think as a villain in the movies, he is fine. I think for uh, uh, Nolan's universe, he works as a Bane. It makes more sense to me. And that whole, like... Yeah, no, we've we've got the city kind of locked down and all that stuff. That was an interesting take on it. I would put him, I don't know if I'd put him in S tier. I think I'd put him in A myself. Okay, yeah, interesting. I was thinking B yeah, for okay. Bane. <laughs> B for Bane. You know, there you go, done. Yeah, I, yeah, you don't I, have to I like him. on that one. But I think the the way the like the way that they end up using him in the end of that movie is not great. So no, uh, it goes out like a chump. The, the, yeah, a lot of these guys are going out like a chump. Interesting. I mean, usually like either a car or like a vehicle accident or yeah, like in in case of Razo Cool and uh, Bane, both like literally just hit by fucking cars, yep. or like rip, or a train smashing into something. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think I think Bane was what bat potted and then like shot. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like I mean, who knew? Uh, motorcycles is only weakness. <laughs> My only weakness is Catwoman on a motorcycle. Uh, I'm Bane. I'm bad. <laughs> I feel bit. I feel fine. Uh, B for Bane. That feels yeah. fine to me. Works for me. Uh, now this next... one might be a big 
point of contention. Ooh, interesting. Here. Uh, uh, you you m- tell me where this one's going. M- Michelle Pfeiffer's uh, as popular the pronunciation popularized uh, popularized by uh, Key and Peel on the Key and Peel show. Um, but uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. In as Catwoman, we talked about her a little bit in a previous episode about the stitching of that outfit being unrealistic and how she was licked to life by a bunch of cats and cat powers. Uh, anyone who listens to the show on a regular basis knows that there is no love lost between me and Batman Returns. Uh, so I feel like I'm not the right person to kick this off because <laughs> this might be kind of low. I would, it, to be honest... I would put her in the C category, I think, for Cat. Works because, for me. Okay, you can get good. no argument. I could have even talked to D. Um, okay, and this think... deck, we have another Catwoman. We can just Holly Berry as Catwoman from Catwoman. That's just straight in D. Are we not? Yep. Okay, yep. good. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I know when she's in her own movie, was not in a Batman movie, but I couldn't resist. So couldn't resist. Fighting against Sharon Stone's villain, Sharon Stone having impenetrable skin from the skin cream that she makes <laughs> in her company. <sighs> it's bad, John. It's a bad yeah. movie. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Up next, we have more of a contemporary villain. This is the incredible transformation of uh, Colin Farrell to become the Penguin. Uh... Is he still called Ar- Ar- C- Cobblepot? Yeah, I think so. In the new movie, I don't remember. Uh, but what an like what incredible makeup that they they gave him, and uh, I watched a whole behind the scenes about him like becoming uh, the Penguin, and his like the physicality and like the acting that he does in the makeup is just something else. It's like a whole different person is playing that character. I really liked this version of the Penguin a lot. Yeah, me too. I I, I love when he says, I got you! <laughs> when he thinks he's best in the Batman. Oh, I mean, shit. The, the, the whole... That whole car chase. You know, the whole car chase scene. Oh, yeah. yeah the no. scary car that's hiding in the shadows. Yeah, he didn't know there, and they're racing, and how it was shot, and then he's all flipped upside down, and you get the whole Batman, and he's just wigging out. Or to the the fact that, like, uh, Batman and Gordon are playing bad cop, worst cop with him <laughs> and stuff like that. And just his whole, his whole, like, air about him is a, a, an interesting take on the... You know, the Penguin, definitely yeah. a lot more mobbed up than, say, Danny DeVito's or even, you know, Burgess Meredith's uh, Penguin it feels very real. True. Um, yeah, like, I mean, I don't know if I feel bold to say that he could go into S, but I definitely think he could go into A. I am th- I'm feeling strong A energy uh, from Colin Farrell's penguin i'm gonna put him up in a i agree maybe my maybe when we get the the s tier list up there i'll change my mind but i really feel like uh there the only thing i was missing is sort of like the kind of i i missed a little bit of the campy penguin touches 
there were certainly like aspects like he his office is up in what looks sort of like a big bird cage there's some bird sort of adjacent stuff but uh i wanted to have him to have like a bird or <laughs> just like a some sort of like a umbrella shtick i missed some of his sticky stuff from the comics so i think that that's what keeps him from the S tier for me, but definitely a tier. So you wanted him to have his aviary of doom. I kind of wanted a little bit of that stuff. Yeah, I, I like that stuff. I like the kind of corniness. It what it's what celebrates like me watching or what separates I should say me watching a like a Batman movie from just me watching Sicario. It's <laughs> you know, like hyper realistic about stuff that I could see in like real life. I like a little bit of that camp and a little bit of that comic influence coming through so a is where i'm gonna say yeah works for me okay next up it's the riddler from none other than jim carrey himself retired actor jim carrey last seen as dr robotnik in sonic 2 his final film before retiring uh jim carrey as the riddler Certainly a big draw at the time. Huge. Huge. Um, I'll tell you right off the bat. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, that I've, I, you know, I liked Jim. I loved Jim Carrey at the time. And uh, I still uh, do, largely. I think a lot of his, you know, his stuff has been uneven maybe. But uh, love a lot of his performances. This felt too much like the... It felt too much like the villain should just have been called Jim Carrey. <laughs> it just sort of been like, all right, we just want Jim Carrey in this movie. It doesn't matter who he plays. Yeah, I mean, this was at the height of his uh, Jim Carreyness, the most Jim Carrey we're gonna get. Like it was, I want to say, right after Ace Ventura or around that time. And then, like, after this, he moves into Cable Guy and then the Truman Show, then, you know, all that stuff. So, I mean, this was. It's peak carry, basically. Peak carry. You're, you know, the mask. Like, I mean, you're not. You couldn't. There was a few summers where you couldn't get away from Jim Carrey, even if you wanted to. Um, yeah. He plays Edward Nigma. His whole it, his whole impetus of becoming a supervillain is that Bruce Wayne doesn't make time for him. Which is sort of similar how they treat um, Electro in the Amazing Spider-Man movie, uh, the sequel. Yep. Um, and I think both motivations are bad. Yeah, uh, I mean, I know they're supposed to be villains, and we're not always supposed to symp- sympathize. Like, not everyone can be a killmonger where we're like, you know, like I actually had some pretty good points. Uh, uh, w- like not everyone can be that sort of understandable, relatable villain. Totally, but you, you don't need to do what they did here. Like, yeah, you know him impersonating Felt fairly weak. Well, it just it was just like he's just trying. Uh, Bruce Wayne didn't make time for him, so then he tried to become Bruce Wayne. Right, like he's even wearing the same suits, same haircut at a certain point like owns his own company out of nowhere yeah there's definitely a lot of level of camp with this one didn't feel very riddler riddlery it felt definitely more like jim carrey watching like uh, frank gorshin's riddler and then just 
amping up to like 11. Yeah, it did it did definitely echo some of Gorshin's Riddler, which I suppose I appreciate. And it's and a, from a costume standpoint as well. I mean, but there shit. was like there is something about the physicality that is hard to get away from when you hire a Jim Carrey to do a character like this. It's hard. He does not necessarily someone who blends into a role. No, I mean you you hire Jim Carrey cuz it's Jim Carrey, right? Yeah. And, it's at, and at that time, yeah, you want people to come see your movie. You're gonna hire Jim Carrey, and then right. you know after getting over the whole Mr. Mom thing with Michael Keaton for so long, and then be like, Mr. Mom's gonna be Batman, get out of here! But then it's just like <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones and Danny DeVito, and Michelle Fire. You know, you're getting all these these top names in Hollywood and stuff. So yeah, I see why you get a Jim Carrey. He's definitely not my favorite Riddler that's on this list. Um, Though out of those four movies, Batman Forever is probably my favorite, uh, just because it just abandons all reason. <laughs> so you might as well, like, yeah, it embraces your, your the love camp. for Batman Forever is uh, well documented. I feel yep. like uh, you're a, 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 in the Burton and Schumacher films. All four of those films, you rank Batman Forever as the highest. An interesting take. Not we won't get into it here. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, a discussion for another time and a discussion I think we've likely already had, but uh, where does Jim Carrey's Riddler go? C uh, is in campy. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I feel like he is, he is commiserate with all the people we have in C right now. So I have no problem with that, but here is an, a next one. I think is an easy one, I think, but Heath Ledger's Joker gotta be S tier. Yeah. S tier. I think we talked about it a little bit at the when we were talking about that terrible list, but I feel like in terms of just pop culture impact alone, there is very few Batman villains that have made such an impact uh, as as the performance of Heath Ledger as the Joker in The Dark Knight. That is still he, like echoed to this day. Yeah. It's like every, I think you mentioned this, the episode we talked about it, but every single new Joker performance is going to be held up to Heath Ledger's as Heath Ledger's will be the bar to which other Joker performances are judged. Uh, And I think it's a a terrific example of how you can take something that already has a lot of established media and takes on it and a lot of what people expect in their minds already, and you can make it something completely... Like, it's adjacent, but it is new, it's interesting, but it feels so authentic in a way that you didn't expect. And I think that's what really sells it for me. Just an incredible an incredible performance and one that uh, that will stand the test of time, I think. I think so. I mean, it was, it, again, it was 10 things I uh, hate about you is going to be the Joker. Get out of here. He's not going to be a good Joker at all. And then turned out he did. I mean, it's beyond fantastic for me. Yeah, I had my misgivings. I was never, I was not on board the whole time. Heath Ledger, I was like, okay, well, I know he's a good actor, but that seems like a weird choice. That was that was number one. Number two, like I saw the early pictures, and I'm like, messy Joker is not like I am like thinking of dapper Joker. That's like what's in my head. That was very upsetting to me but i think that the but then i saw it and i was like okay never mind <laughs> all those misgivings went out the window and i was just like 
rapt in attention. Yeah, I mean, I went to go see, uh, I'm with you, I went to go see the I Am Legend on IMAX, and they had the first <laughs> just six minutes. To, was it just, just for that? Just to see that, I didn't want to see I Am Legend. Um, <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> you know, I mean, I stuck around because I paid IMAX prices, and I should have just left and got my money back. But Because um, <laughs> you already got your money's worth after you saw it, that cool scene. Yeah, I saw it, and I was like, okay, I think he can be the Joker. And that was all I needed to kind of like uh, cement that. And also the fact that he is such a big Heat fan and having that intro, like the, the way it kicked off. I was like, oh, uh-huh. okay. All right. Th- th- this works. This works. Yeah. Easy S tier for Heath Ledger's Joker. Easy. Yeah. Uh, now, up next, uh, we mentioned this a little bit early, earlier, but uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Arthur Fleck Joker from The Joker. The sort of uh, uh, Elseworlds tale about a Joker who appears long before Batman is a Batman is merely a twinkle in a young Bruce Wayne's eye, um, and uh, and we get Arthur Fleck from I haven't seen the movie. He has definitely more of a clowny visage, one that uh, initially I was like very much. Like, this sucks. <laughs> so why would they give him diamonds on his face? So he's got a fun little nose. I think the clips I've seen and the way that people have reacted to it, I think have changed my mind a little bit about that. But, uh, John, what do you think? He's absolutely terrifying as a Joker. Because he's probably the most real out mm-hmm. of all the Jokers. And there is a, a transformativeness that... Uh, phoenix goes through even as like the 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 shift from fleck to the joker is you know it's a wild watch and it's pretty like it's pretty visceral Mm -hmm. and as a joker he's just like oh like i definitely wouldn't want to be on a bart train with this dude yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I sure. just, like, I'm gonna walk a couple of train cars. I'm just gonna get a car, or so ahead, just a little buffer zone. Yeah, a couple, and then I might get off at the next stop and maybe go take a lift. Like, that's that's how terrifying. I don't it. live here, but uh, I think I'm just gonna call Dublin my home. <laughs> yeah, this is my new place of residence. Yes, ah, yes. Dublin Blessington Station. Yes, uh. well. It's a spot, and uh, this feels like a place the Joker would never want to come. And yep, sure is. <laughs> sure, a lot of red robins and brown grass around here. Yep, not Perfect. a place I can see a Joker. So I'm just gonna live here from now on. Uh, yeah, that's cool. So where does he go on the old list? Uh, I mean, I really enjoy this performance. Um, okay. I will. I am torn between, I'd say, if Nicholson is an A, then I think Phoenix could easily stay an A, um, with even some wiggle room of moving him into S tier. It's a really good performance. Like, all right, well, it it made me. I watched a movie. I, I now I will go on the record and say this movie Ned did not need to be made. Uh, I firmly believe that. (laughs) That doesn't change it. But his performance is phenomenal. I mean, I've seen The the Comedian. I've seen Taxi Driver. Those movies already exist. Love them. They're great. 
Uh, everything I've seen from the Joker reminds me of those movies. So That's, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, rightfully John, I, so. Can I interrupt you for a moment and just say that uh, you created this tier list. Thank you very much for creating for this, this show, this episode today. Sure. Down below, it has your picture yep. um, and your Twitter handle. And I have to say, what a charming Twitter picture you have. What a great! It's a great picture of you, and a, a, it's just a very... I want to follow this character. I'm not going to because I don't have Twitter. Yeah, perfect. You don't need to, and that's good. And yeah, I had to sign into a Twitter account. It's the only way I could create an account. And well, this was uh, when I foolishly let an AI... Uh, take a, f- a few of my photos and turn me into a bunch of pictures. They're actually very good, but because yeah, of yeah. <laughs> these are very charming, I have yeah. to say it's a great. It's a the colors are great, uh, and you look fantastic. So yeah, there you it, go. Good it's, job. It's me as the doctor. That's how I, I view it. Like if I was if I was to have my doctor look, that that's my Gallifreyan look right there. Oh um, yeah, it's got better skin than I do, um, but. Because of the fact that I know that it used other people's art as inspiration, I don't go touting it too much, but it's, it's a good Fair picture. enough. Don't look it up, but it's great. Well, it's I good. mean, feel free to look it up. But anyway, uh, Arthur Fleck, <laughs> A. A okay. for Arthur. Uh, next up, we have the Red Herring. <laughs> Talia Al Ghul. Talia Al Ghul. Uh, talk about going out like a chump. Uh, forgets she's dead. <laughs> Basically, and then remembers and dies. It's like, yeah, I will beat you. Uh, wait a minute. Yeah. Oh, terrible. Uh, laughable. In a movie, The Dark Knight Rises had a lot of questionable choices. Uh, this one being probably the most questionable of them all. Uh, her death scene, her whole turn, that whole thing was felt tacked on and poorly thought out. And Tali Al Ghul. You are just a big disappointment, and so you get. <laughs> uh, you know what I am noticing here, and I hope this changes. But all women in the D tier, <laughs> I don't think that's necessarily our fault. This is a fault of people doing wrong by what could be very interesting characters. Because if you follow the comics, Talia well, Ghul is awesome. So she's great. It's they just, did a bad job. These are these are bad and these are bad interpretations of those characters. We do have two more, and I think, well, I know for me anyway, a lot higher on the list. But, like, just the Talia inclusion in Dark Knight Return or Dark Knight Rises is just like, what? Okay, whatever. Like, yes. Why is this? You know, why why put this in here? Yeah. It felt why? like Nolan was just why like, is look, this? this last one I'm doing, I'm going to put everyone <laughs> who hasn't been in a movie yet in a movie. Uh, yeah, I get the the I get why they did it from a story standpoint. I just like I think they burned a good character as they as movies often do. They use a really good character for the comics and they kill them off, like thus, uh, you know, robbing us of any potential future appearances. Of course, the Nolan verse was over by this movie, but still, uh, a disappointing end for a great character. She goes down in D. I don't think that's. I don't think that's unfair necessarily. Um, but uh, fair or foul, speaking of foul, <laughs> I tried. I tried to do a you, transition you really, there. It didn't you really work. did. It was close enough. It's, it's the A for effort, I would, I would say, if I'm grading myself. But uh, <laughs> Might as well. 
we t- we talked about him a little bit on the other uh on the on the the, the episode where I was just having a, a a a mental breakdown about these terrible lists. Uh it's Danny DeVito's version of the penguin um from Batman Returns. He has black bile. Uh, and he has his, uh, his fingers have fused into a sort of a flipper shape and that makes, and he was raised by penguins. Yep. Yep. You don't forget that, um, at all. Paul Rubens didn't want him. He was born into a wealthy family. Paul Rubens didn't want him, threw him in the river. (laughs) Yep. Threw him in an aqueduct. Went into the sewer. And then penguins and other circus performers raised him um, in the sewer, or he he fought and raised himself. Yeah, and he, throughout this movie, throughout Batman Returns, he is really gross. Not just from, uh, like, the, the way the makeup makes him look from, and I, I'm not talking about his body necessarily. Just like the black bile is really bothers me a lot. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Um, but he's also like gross to people. He's like a kind of a lecherous piece of garbage. Oh yeah, easy. Uh, he's a sexual harassment penguin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think from a visual standpoint, it's pretty successful. Uh, they definitely used a lot of this shape language uh, and some of the tonality for the animated series. Um, he's it, gross every other from every other metric. So, uh, I mean, when he has know. his moments, he has its moments. It's like, true. I'm I, tempted to put him up on on B. What do you think? Yeah, I I would go B with my. My preferred favorite would have been just to let Danny DeVito play the penguin without the Tim Burtonness to it. Yeah, I would have liked. I am missing, like, just evil rich guy penguin. Yeah, but I mean, it's like Danny DeVito's the perfect penguin. Yeah, I think he could have just played the version of the penguin who is just like a maniacal rich guy with a bunch of like wacky devices. He doesn't have to also be all this like extra layer of, you're just adding frosting on top of frosting on top of frosting. And uh, eventually the cake is gone because it's just become a hundred percent frosting. And that was what feels, that's what his performance in Batman returns feels like to be. Yeah. Yeah. Black bile frosting. Yep. <laughs> squid ink. Squid we got ink. squid ink salt frosting. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. 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 I got a salt kelp cake that'll just knock your socks off and uh and it's being served to you by Danny DeVito's penguin. <laughs> uh yeah, I feel good. I feel good with him at B. Um now, next up is good old one D. face himself. D sorry. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones as uh, he truly to me has always been one face in this role there is no duality to his performance aside from his costume design he is half magenta half uh, other guy (laughs) and uh, also 
they took this role and totally whitewashed it in the uh, the universe of this of uh, you know the Tim Burton verse, which is ostensibly what uh, the um, what the uh, Schubacher films are building off of, mm-hmm. um, and completely like just ruined all the like the buildup of that character by recasting it. Um, I don't really know the history behind that. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea why it went from Billy D to Tommy Lee. Maybe yeah. they're just looking. They they wanted a Lee in there. <laughs> it just didn't matter <laughs> which one they got. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like it seems like I would have loved to see the version. I guess I don't know. Maybe it would have just like the material is not good, so it wouldn't have been good to begin with. But uh, as somebody who knew the comics, I was kind of waiting for Old Two Face to show up. Uh, as like the character who had been established in the previous movies, and they're like, "Nah, it's Tommy Lee now." Yeah, whatever. It, Tommy wanted a second story on his house, Jones. I think that's really what this performance was. He's riding high from the fugitive, you know. So like, I could see why they cast him, but yeah, this isn't Two Face at all. No, um, it's a, a cocaine cowboy version of uh, of Two Face, who's uh, who's who is ultimately thwarted when Batman throws a bunch of coins in yeah. the air. Yeah, that's my favorite part. So, oh, oh. And that's the only moment where you see Tommy Lee play Tommy Lee. True. Is where he's like, you're right, Bruce, you've always been a good friend. Oh. And then that was Yeah. That yeah, was that, that was the only duality, the only sort of instance of duality that you see. Uh, totally unearned because we don't get any of them like being friends really. And the fact that they recast it like takes out any of their previous interactions really yeah, in your head canon. Yeah, uh, or Lord even have a couple scenes that establish they were friends yeah, in the something. movie, something like, you know, and then, ah, and then showing them get acid in the face and whatever. Oh, yeah, more in a, so. In a, uh, like a piece of uh, like trial footage off of a TV screen. We don't even get to see it. You know, in the context of the story, it's just like sort of a flashback that's told in media race. Yeah. So I'm going to go D as in we've been debating this for too long because this Two-Face yeah. is D. Yeah, not really Two-Face, more like Doo-Doo Face. Do, <laughs> D for Doo-Doo. D for Doo-Doo Face. Yep. And D that's why he... for Doo-Doo Face. Old doo-doo face goes down in D, and I don't care about that very much. Next up, everyone's favorite Joker, obvious S-tier, Jared Leto's Joker. Got damaged on his forehead, so you don't have to think too hard. You you know he is a bad guy, because he, <laughs> he, sat, he sat for a very delicate tattoo on a place that's got to hurt a lot. That sounds like the Joker to me. Yeah, especially if you, th- if you were worried... If you worried about him, if you weren't sure where he ranked, just look at the forehead. It'll tell you everything you need to know. And the back <laughs> of his hand, you know. Uh, and- that's right. His pained laughter we've heard many times on this program. The door is now open. <laughs> right. Get some WD-40 on that laugh. It's very creaky. Uh, yeah, every, listen, you're an actor, you gotta do something, you're following Heath Ledger, not an enviable place to be, 
you got to do something different. You got to do something. You got your director, his nonstop just microdosing LSD all the time. <laughs> so he's done. <laughs> you're asking him, like, hey, what should I do with this character? And he's not any help. And then you're like, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll get real method with it. I'll, I'll, I'll mail, like, rats, dead rats and, like, used condoms to buy. Uh, that might be an apocryphal story. Don't quote me on that one. But allegedly to my co-stars on Suicide Squad because I'm the Joker. I'm a chaos agent. Uh, and what you come out with is this weird this weird take on the character where he doesn't smile. He sounds pain all the time. And then when he does smile, he has a tattoo of a fucked up smile on the back of his hand that he just puts over his mouth for dramatic effect. I don't know. Uh, obviously Jared Leto is an attractive man and they were going for hot Joker. Uh, it's the most cringy, laughable execution of that design that I've ever seen personally. I find very little redeeming about it. Uh, there is one cut scene from Suicide Squad where he's in a tuxedo that it looks a little bit better. Um, but in general, like the Joker driving around a pink, uh, Lamborghini, just, I don't know. <laughs> doesn't... It wasn't even a Lamborghini. It was like an Acura. So it was just right. like, <laughs> it was, it was a car that was, I think it was a kit car that was a kit, but like was made to look like a more expensive car, but it was, it was not. Um, I don't know. I hate this character so fucking yeah this this take on the character is such fucking garbage that i was shocked he doesn't get any better in the justice league he makes like a bunch of really quote-unquote jokes that are just i don't know it's not, not jokery no it's just it's just it's snyder bro yep he's got kool-aid mouth yeah, <laughs> just I mean, ridiculous yeah there's nothing about this version that i enjoy not even no. not on any level like no like if i'm I, just gonna hurt you really really bad you like me sitting in a circle of knives and baby clothes for some reason i don't know <laughs> i'm crazy or whatever yeah no uh i mean i can add a new row if we could put them in f tier <laughs> Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna have to sit in D tier because we don't have another row. But if just know that he belongs on the Z tier, we need yeah. to add all the way down to Z and put no, this character on it. I hope that we never see this version of the character again. I don't think we will. I don't think we will. And you know what? There's, there's small favors, small yeah. favors, and that's thank goodness for small favors. Uh, next up, <laughs> we got Monster Bane. The green uh, spike collar wearing version of Bane from Batman and Robin. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he definitely belongs in D, right? There's nothing to him. Yeah, there's nothing like. There, yeah, I mean, it's a plant. It's a dude who's turned into a plant Bane or something. Yep. And um, that's it. He's big yep. and green and. He's not like a master uh, mastermind, which is like what Bane is known for. He is not. That's what's fun about Bane is that he, from an appearances standpoint, you're like, oh, it's a big muscle man, and that's it. But that's not Bane's deal. Bane is uh, is like a 
a tactical genius and that's and that is the part that the dark knight rises got right kind of uh but uh this one just turns him into just frankenstein basically <laughs> he just goes <laughs> i mean he's definitely like uh, uh just a, a a weird caricature of of the character and yeah bane is meant to be a foil for batman for a reason mm-hmm. and it's not just because he could suplex him he can do that and also probably speak latin so this this bane can't do either um so yeah d easily yep uh next up we have another version of the penguin this is burgess meredith penguin from the 66 series uh certainly had that (laughs) sort of penguin sound down the classics more comics accurate rich guy who's bored and evil vibe to him lots of fun umbrellas certainly and a lot of uh of bird puns from just like a comics at the time standpoint a great representation of where the character was at at the moment I agree, but is he better than uh, Colin Farrell's? Not even close. <laughs> is he as campy as uh, Danny DeVito? I would I would put him on the same level as Danny DeVito's Penguin, just from a different like perspective. Sure, I'll give you that. B yeah. as in Burgess. Right, right. <laughs> Very Ooh, good. St- still working. Still working. working. (laughs) So uh, next up, we have our second version of the the Riddler, Frank Gorshin's Riddler, again, from the 60s series. Uh, A very defining portrayal of the the Riddler, I think. Uh, Frank Gorshin, a delight to watch in those when we used to do old Batman 66 episodes. I agree. I think he is the... I enjoy him more than Jim Carrey's. He's not necessarily mm-hmm. terrifying, but he is the not quintessential Riddler. I can see putting him in B tier. Even Osley, this might be sacrilege, even A tier. That's how much I, I enjoy his performance. I think I, I would put him up in A as well. I like I like a Gorshin Riddler quite a bit. Uh, and so I have no problem putting it up in A. Uh, you know, you have to judge him in the context of the movies. Obviously, you see him next to Jack Nicholson here, Colin Farrell, Walking Phoenix. You're thinking, what? Frank Gorshin, what is he doing there? But I think in the con- context of the characters from those old 60s shows, I think it works. I think he's an A tier. I agree. Awesome. Uh, next up, a character who has not appeared in that many uh, live-action adaptations of Batman, the Scarecrow. He uses fear gas to bring your nightmares to life. And in this movie, he ditches his kind of more traditional Scarecrow outfit for more of a Texas Chainsaw Massacre-type look. Uh, Or some other baghead horror <laughs> yeah, sackhead I, horror villain yeah you know burlap sack uh route so definitely the uh 
Friday the 13th part two <laughs> vibe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I, I thought, well, let's put it like this. I don't think he ever really got his fair shake in any of those movies. No. But he but was I, enjoyable to watch. He just didn't really do too much. Yeah, in Batman Begins, a uh, little bit of trivia for you. Uh, Killian Murphy, Cillian Murphy, however you want to pronounce his name. I'm not sure exactly the right pronunciation of it. Uh, but he was in consideration for the role of Batman, if you can believe it. I could. Um, and uh, it didn't seem quite right to Christopher Nolan for that uh, for that role, but he, in order to convince the studio to cast him as Scarecrow, he just showed them the audition tape for Batman, and there was something kind of unhinged and villainous about it, and so then they gave him the Scarecrow role. I like him in that he comes off as like a very bookish scientist at first, but his like his sort of joy and sadism in uh sending people into like a like a, a self-imposed nightmare world is very well pulled off. I I like his portrayal a lot. I don't think about it a lot. I think it's good. Hmm. I I guess he could go in B. I think B is fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. B is in uh, Burlap. That's in burlap. <laughs> in like it looks like bugs are crawling out of his mouth. Um, and uh, let's see. Next up, we have uh, we have the aforementioned Two Face, the one from the Dark Knight, the very horrific body horror version of Two Face, uh, played by Aaron Eckhart. Um. And uh, the very disappointed, what are you? What are you doing here? Why are you rescuing me? Oh my god! No, Rachel! Rachel! And then, yeah, and still burning. Everything's me. gonna be all. And then she explodes. Very shocking. Definitely the first time you see that movie, it hits you like nothing else. I don't know if this is the best portrayal of Two Face, but I love his performance in this movie. I feel like it's too short. It's there's not enough in there for me. Um myself. Um it's fine for what it is, but it feel like I like I said, it it is the probably the most tacked on part of the movie is this like two face bent, which feels like it would have made which probably would have worked more into the favor of what they were maybe planning on originally for the third Batman film before Heath Ledger passed away. So like, I feel like there's maybe more with the character or mm -hmm. maybe they killed the character off and you know, they just did that thing. I don't know. Um, the parts of him as two face is fine. Um, but yeah, he is like, he uses his connections to quickly dismantle all the corrupt cops in the, uh, that are responsible for Rachel's demise. And he does it in a very brutal fashion. I just love his performance. I would I'm tempted to put it at the on the A tier. I think he's, he does really good. 
All right, I'll give you a. I'll give you a. It's all right. It's it's <laughs> a as in Aaron. <laughs> still, still works. Still works. God, you are fire. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm a goddamn. I'm a. I'm a, a name and genius. All right. Up next, we have the uh, not from the comics. Is that true? Or is is he from the comics? I, if he is, I don't remember him. I've never seen him in the comics. I've never seen Max, Max. Shrek Donkey. <laughs> That's right. Christopher Walken's Max Shrek, the uh, the evil industrialist from Batman Returns, uh, gets um, uh, tasered into a skeleton. <laughs> Yes, into into Looney Tunes style skeleton. (laughs) Into a crusty critter, like Tim Burton loves to do. Did it in both of his Batman movies. Uh, And he, uh, he, of course, true to form, he does it in this one. Um, uh, Max Shrek and his big dumb son. (laughs) They really cast, I don't know who they cast as his son, but it does look like Christopher Walken's son, but just like a big meathead Christopher Walken. Yeah, kind um, of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wait, like, I got bigger. That's the only line I ever remember. I got bigger fish to fry. And you're just like, okay. Sure, sure. Uh, sure. Sure walking. Yeah. Uh, he is probably, out of the Batman Returns, everything is probably my favorite part, just because he yeah. didn't really have any table stakes that I was concerned about. I wasn't familiar with the character no idea so it was just like whatever um versus you know penguin or the more established characters that you're like oh this is cool and so it's like oh i don't know how i feel about this uh, I, <laughs> I would give him c as in christopher's campy <laughs> yeah i'm fine with that he didn't really he's not a character that i, I think about all that often and so i feel like c is a, a fine place for him yeah, outside of that, I got bigger fish to fry. That's the only, the only part. Him standing by the window—that's the—that's the scene I picked. Is, mm-hmm. is him standing by the window? And somehow, someone took the photo in the brightest of light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure how that works, but whatever. Well, let's not question it. Um, up next is uh, another Joker, the final Joker on our list: Caesar Romero himself. The mustachioed version of the Joker, a maniacal, a maniacal madman, Robin, uh, from the the Batman sixty six. What a great look! What a I great mean, Joker! I mean, he's fantastic. He's campy for sure, but like that laugh is, um, like it's. I don't know. It's like what equal parts nostalgia and terrifying. Because I know if I Truly. met someone doing that type of laugh, I'd be like, "Oh no, I got to go even further on this train." Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that, at that point, you just have to like you get off, you get take an Uber, but you don't take an Uber home. You take it yeah. to another state. It doesn't matter yeah. how much it costs. Yeah, you're like, uh, yeah. Can you uh, take me to Utah? Great. Yep. <laughs> what are you What are you doing for the next two days? Let's go on a road trip. S- yeah. Stranger, I just met. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, and I I think if you are good enough 
to make me forget about the fact that you have a mus- a full mustache that you just painted white makeup over, that means something. That means a lot, I think. Oh yeah. Well, it's not only that, but like there it was it was a point that you called out where the, like there's like this when you were talking about uh, Ledger's Joker where he's just kind of messy and you're like, "No, there's like this refinement like like yeah. a, a clean quality." And the thing is I like Ledger's Joker a lot because he makes those motions like he does care about his appearance in a weird way. Like when he licks his, you know, and tries to fix his hair and stuff like that. He has these moments, the tailored clothes, but like Romero's Joker is like, it might be the dirtiest base of operations, but his fit is going to be on point. It's going to be clean. <laughs> yeah, he is the dapper Joker for sure. Yeah. He's got like a level of refinement that's there and like yeah just again you just look at him and you're like jesus he is a scary scary dude in his own way um yeah for me i think he could easily sit in a tier he's the first joker live action joker i ever watched so i could even put him in s tier that's how much i love this joker i say he goes up at s tier <laughs> I know, okay. I know you're like people out there are probably comparing him to like more modern, like more terrifying jokers. I get it, but I think for the time, in the context of what he is based on, there is few Batman villains who nail the comic book feeling of the Joker more than Cesar Romero. I think to me, and I think that that was a lot of what that's he was the yardstick I judged. Jack Nicholson's Joker by, yep. and even Heath Ledger's Joker by, because like as I said before, and you pointed out just now, I was expecting that dapper Joker. There's something about like the sort of the rictus smile and the 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 clown adjacent makeup and hair paired with something that is very well a very well tailored suit that is makes it even more off putting. And I think yeah. you're you're right. There is something about Ledger's Joker where he. He is constantly fixing, fixing his hair. He is constantly like licking his lips. lips. He is constantly he, he. There's that one part where they call his where one of the other villains calls his suit cheap, and he just is like under his breath. He's like, "It's not cheap." Like it's it's it, he kind of breaks character in a way to be like, "No, it's not a cheap suit." Like I care about how I look, even though it doesn't look like that. And there is, I think, a lot of that stems from Caesar Romero. Yeah, he just there's just a level of you look at it's weird like you've read Joker for the years, you watch him, you just kind of go like yeah, dude is not right and totally terrifying and scary and all that stuff. But there is something that says that he really does care about himself and his appearance. Yeah. And that is something that that I think that's partly the reason why Leto's Joker doesn't work as well is because it's just like it's too try hard and the Joker would never try hard. Yes. It, yeah. That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. It's too, it's too manufactured uh, in, in Ledger's Joker. And that's why he sits in the Z tier as far as I'm concerned. Yep. Uh, next up, our final Riddler of the list, Paul Dano's most recent version of the Riddler. Um, Certainly a terrifying version of the Riddler. The sort of uh, a, a very prescient, very 
ripped from the headlines inspired version of the of sorry of the Riddler. Uh, he definitely then that first scene in the Batman where he is hiding in the shadows oh, while Jesus. that entire time while that person is like just watching TV and then he eventually like you know take duct tapes and asphyx- asphyxiates them via duct tape. Uh, he there's a serial killer realness like a zodiac killer realness to this version of the riddler that i appreciate i don't know if it feels like the riddler to me though it feels i so i agree with you in the sense that it feels more like the riddler from the comics as of late sure where yeah it's where they were trying to comfortably okay so this this has been the biggest debate right like What's the difference between the Riddler and the Joker? <laughs> right. <laughs> There's, they're both people who use a similar shtick and kind of laugh a lot. Yeah, right. And so then you just got to be like, well, what what is terrifying about the Joker? There's so many things. What's terrifying about the Riddler? Uh, nothing really. Um, you know, like if... I didn't guess a riddler, a riddle, and he blew me up. Yeah, I guess it's terrifying in one regard, but it's not. If he came out, I was like, what's black and white and red all over? And I was just like, a frog in a blender, <laughs> you know, newspaper. <laughs> and he's like, oh, shoot, okay, you live. And goes <laughs> There's off. There's a chance you could figure out those riddles. Yeah, I could take I could take the moment. But the, the riddler in the comic books of his late has just been super hyper-focused and very scary like they're they're like his intellect is how they've been writing him his intellect is almost unparalleled compared to like even say like uh alex luther or something like that they're they're like no he is scary smart Um, yeah and i think in that if you look at it from that lens i think paul dano's portrayal is good i it is. It's almost hard to watch because it is so prescient and so contemporary, based on contemporary stuff that's going on. I mean, there is like the prevalence of homegrown militias in our daily lives in the United States these days. Is it seems like it is pervasive, and the way that the Riddler is able to use the like online uh, chat groups and not chat groups. That's old school. Uh, social media in, in in various ways to gather his army of of sort of misguided uh, folks who are also sort of uh, myopic in their in in like their worldview, like he is, is scary. And I you know I have often referenced his his fun lines on this uh, show. Uh, his uh, do not lie. <laughs> What's the price for your blind eye? That whole thing is fun. Um, but he does kind of feel like he was. They took the idea of the Riddler and they kind of shoehorned it into something, a character that fit their story a little bit better. I mean, if well, I mean, it works for that version, right? Yeah. It works for that world and it's needed. Is it Riddlerly? Yeah, like, it, it just seems like the riddles are almost a byproduct. 
Yeah, he does. In your point, like he is Lex Luthor level intelligent. He outsmarts Batman pretty conclusively in this movie, to the point, you know, I don't want to give anything away, but he does kind of win in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no if and buts about it, and I think Dano does a fantastic performance. I would definitely put him in A tier. I could even argue that I really enjoy this version of the Riddler um, for that yeah. for that movie. I, I mean, I could even see an argument for putting him into S tier as well. It's, I'm going to put a, him up in S. I uh, think that performance, my misgivings about like the trueness to the character aside, I think this is a really, it takes the core of what the Riddler is and his shtick and adapts it in a way to make it sort of seamlessly modern uh, and terrifying in a way that other the few other Batman villains since Heath Ledger's Joker were able to do. Um, and I do, like, he was legitimately scary, at least at the start of the movie, with that sort of uh, Zodiac Killer getup he's got going on. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, what's he going to do? Oh, he's going to wear saran wrap underneath this mask? Okay. Um, yeah why <laughs> yeah <laughs> like why oh no you really want to scare the shit out of somebody so and then when like the story unfolds and he was really one step ahead of everyone else all the time and like right outside just like he was right there the whole time because he was so unassuming was a i think a really well well done well done uh uh portrayal of that character so yeah i think as is right. I, I I feel good about that. All right. Works for me. <clears throat> Up to our final two. Uh, two cat womans. Um, the first one uh, being from the most, the, the Batman, the cat woman from the Batman. And then after that, the cat woman from the Dark Knight Rises. Uh, played by uh, Zoe Kravitz and Anne Hathaway, respectively. Yeah, so now this this might be the the last points of contention here. Mm, interesting. Um, because I enjoy and, and I enjoy both these performances. They're actually both my favorite performances out of uh, the movies. For the most part, I really enjoy yeah. Zoe Kravitz, Catwoman. I love the year one take, and I think she was a great addition to the Batman. Same time, Anne Hathaway in Dark Knight Rises is my favorite part. Um, Anne Hathaway does seem to get a lot of unearned ire from people. I'm not 100% sure why. Me neither. Um, uh, but I thought she played the sort of high society ba uh, Catwoman, uh, really well. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. Not just high society Catwoman. It just felt like it was the most true to comic book attitude that I've gotten out of a Catwoman. In, mm -hmm. in the movies and i don't know why like to your point i have no idea why there's so much like disdain for her role in it i thought she looked great as catwoman she acted the hell out of it and like i said my favorite parts 
Um, and then the same thing with Zoe Kravitz. I was not expecting anything from this Batman movie originally until we saw the initial trailer and watch it. And I just really enjoy it. Uh, I, I really actually kind of hard pressed to figure out where to slot these, uh, the, the last remaining two characters. Yeah. I think, I think we could potentially take a lot of flack from this, but I am tempted to put them both up in the S category for different sort of two different sides of the coin when it comes to the way that uh, Catwoman has been uh, portrayed in the comic books. Uh, I think they both do a great job for what version of Catwoman they are portraying. I will say that I think from a physicality standpoint, Zoe Kravitz has it locked down. Uh, Her choreography as Catwoman felt very much like what I would imagine from the comic books. I don't know. There's the whole, there's the whole, like them fighting on the uh, uh, roof, uh, Anne Hathaway and them fighting on the rooftop part. Uh, the riding around in the bat pod, like whooping those, like there, there are moments where like, I feel like the Anne Hathaway stuff is good on that regards. Um, I think I agree with you. I think it's good. I'm just saying these are two stellar performances. And I think from my memory, just like the, the, and maybe it's, it has to do with the way these are shot, but the, the way that Zoe Kravitz like slides down ropes and just like her general physicality as Catwoman always really was like an instant read to me. It was it, first read worked really well. Yeah, I, I give you that. I mean, I like, and I like both versions of the outfit. I even, I, I, I even dig the weird, like, goggle thing that Anne Hathaway, Anne Hathaway <laughs> that has. That looks like cat ears. That turns to the cat ears. It's just like, why not? You know, at this yeah. point, why not? Like, it comes down, it's got a practicalness to it. Then when it goes up, it kind of gives that, you know, that Catwoman look to it. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I will gleefully put them both in S tier. I think that's where they belong. I really enjoyed both of these performances. I agree with you, John. I think that, I think there was a lot of misgivings about when Anne Hathaway was cast in that role, but in a kind of an uneven movie, I think she really knocks it out of the park um, as the high society thief. And uh, Zoe Kravitz is sort of more of a scrappy starting out type of uh, thief, but both have that same sort of, the same sort of uh, anti-hero bent to them. Like yes. they're going to take care of, they're going to do van- vigilanteism that benefits them, but also not just them. They're going to look out for, you know, people uh, that they care about, but not like society as a whole, like Batman does. I agree. I agree. Well, very cool. We got a kind of a weird block shape on this one. I'm going to go ahead and take a picture of it for the posterity, perhaps putting up in our discord channel. So you can check it out uh, and see whether you agree or disagree with our take on it. Uh, but I think that's going to do it for us for this week. What do you say, John? I think you're right. That's right. Okay. Well, uh, that's going to do it for us then. And, uh, we sure as heck enjoyed making this show for you. Uh, and we hope that you enjoyed listening to it. So with that roll, let's roll right into the outro. First up, we want to thank Burton M6 for all the incredible music on our show. 
click that Pico link in our show notes to get a link to his Fiverr page and uh, you know, spread the word. He makes great theme songs. We want music made for you. It's never been more accessible. Uh, so check him out on Fiverr. Uh, and of course, you can also check us out on our various social media platforms in that same Pico link. We've got Instagram. We've got Twitter. We've got a Gmail. If you feel like sending us correspondence that way, you're welcome to just click that Pico link. And as we like to say at the end of every show, however you choose to listen to us, wherever you are out there. We hope sincerely that you are feeling happy and healthy. And if you are not feeling happy and healthy, that is okay, too. Uh, We hope that you feel that way soon. And without further ado, let me throw it over to John for the final word. Remember, folks, never touch another person's rhubarb because you don't know where it's been. (laughs) It's good. Hey, thank you for tuning in to all my super fans. Hope you coming back again. Got a shout out to Fresca. I know you riding with me as we pull up in the Hyundai Delhi City. <laughs> you want the hype? I gotcha. Gotta keep it locked right here on Pop Saga. Woo! Pop Saga, let's go. 